said, oh, a few more of you did show up. Where'd you go? Even if the email went out, you knew I was going to be here. Thanks. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, it was supposed to be Carl Chaplin, but we switched Sundays, so that's going to work out all right. Um, Dennis has already set up the service so well in our time of Thanksgiving. That's what um, we are dwelling on in the next two weeks. That's what he wanted to do. And uh, I think it's pretty appropriate since the 26th is coming and Thanksgiving Day. Don't know who's going to gather. Uh, I don't know if families can gather in Georgia or Tennessee or what we're going to do. We're, we're gathering. Um, but you got to make choices on your own. Um, so if you want to know, uh, so Carl uh, Chaplin will be here next week, also retired. Jim Richter is here, too. He's retired, and uh, he could have done this, too. I, but so here's the service. So here's, um, you got to be thankful that you have a pastor and elders who oversee and love you and care for you. And uh, I don't know, just thanks, Brad, for uh, introducing our time. Um, so you got me, and we're doing First Thessalonians chapter 5. That's the passage that Pastor uh, started with, and that's what I'd like to uh, work on, uh, meditate, think about, reflect on. Uh, I told them it's not going to be expository preaching. Uh, we have some ideas, and that's what we got together in the last couple of days. So um, you are the benefit. Can I move this without it? Um, overall, I think one of the verses uh, from, from Romans in uh, uh, Romans 8 and the Apostle Paul saying, well, thanks be to God for the one who did not spare his one and only son, but gave him up for us all so that we along with him might have all things. So whatever we have, all of our things are come from the hand of a gracious Lord and God. So I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. There are verses 5, uh, chapter 5, verses 12 through 28. And our theme is Thanksgiving. Um, and I hope that you go out of here ready to give thanks uh, in every moment. I mean, it just happened to me um, this morning. Uh, I, I, you know, I shave before I preach, uh, clean face or something like that. And I, I went to spray some shaving cream out of my can and it was empty. I said, oh, come on. I was ready to complain. But I have to preach and I have to say things that are right. So I started giving thanks to the Lord for water. I still have a razor. I have soap that I can still use. I'm in a home. I have heat. I, I, you know, I got all this stuff. So my mind was working right at that moment, but it doesn't always happen. So I hope that from uh, some of our perspective, we can take this idea of thanksgiving and, um, by God's grace, be more thankful people. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you 
and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. I'm going to try to tie that to some leadership and thankfulness. Verse 14, we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. I'm going to try to tie that a little bit to our one anothering in the midst of the church and to give thanks for each other. And then verse, uh, starting at verse 16, you sort of have a triad of a great way to live under Christ and in the church, and that is to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and particularly our phrase, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Ending the letter. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful he will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss post-corona, COVID. Uh, I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. May I pray. Uh, Lord, this is your word. We get to read it. Probably for most of us in this room, the Holy Spirit is able to take your word and bring it, apply it to change us. Uh, may we not take it lightly, we'll take it to heart so that we might hear from you and be more and more conformed to the image of our Lord. Be a wonderful thing. Please be with our pastor and family as they're quarantined and that you would be especially close to them, both in uh, your, your comfort and peace. Uh, for your namesake, uh, amen. Um, so, um, My wife, Ruth, reminds me that there are really only two times that we have to give thanks. Uh, when we feel like it and when we don't feel like it. Uh, she's pretty wise. And uh, to recognize places in which we uh, would be able to bring forth saying thanks, living in thankfulness, having a thankful heart is, I think, really to recognize the things that God is doing in our lives. So here's a relatively old story. You may have heard it, uh, but I'm going to tell it again. 
uh, because I found it and I thought it might apply uh, in my files. But you, you would think, wouldn't, wouldn't you, that after um, a few years of preaching, let's see, 52 times about 40, uh, you'd have enough sermons just to go to a drawer full and pull one out and just do that on Sunday morning. I didn't do that. I used some other things, but um, I don't even know why I tell you that. But anyway, we'll move on. Washington, D.C., uh, Metro Station, January morning, 2007. The man with the violin played six Bach pieces for about 45 minutes. During the time, approximately 2,000 people went through the station, most of them on their way to work. After three minutes, a middle-aged man noticed there was a musician playing. He slowed his pace and stopped for a few seconds and then hurried to meet his schedule. Uh, the violinist received his first dollar. A woman threw the money into the hat and, without stopping and continued to walk. A young man leaned against the wall to listen to him, then looked at his watch and started to walk again. A three-year-old boy stopped, but his mother dugged him along hurriedly. The kid stopped to look at the violinist again, but the mother pushed hard and the child continued to walk, turning his head all the time. Uh, the action was repeated by several other children. Every parent, without exception, forced their children to move on quickly. The musician played continuously. Only six people stopped and listened for a short while. About 20 of them gave money, but continued to walk at their normal pace. The man collected a total of $32. He finished playing, and silence took over. No one noticed, no one applauded, nor was there any recognition. Here's the findings. No one knew this, but the violinist was Joshua Bell, one of the greatest musicians in the world. He played one of the most intricate pieces ever written with a violin worth $3.5 million. Two days uh, before, Joshua Bell sold out a theater in Boston where the seats averaged $100 a piece. That was in 07. So amazing, isn't it? Some of the things that we might take for granted things that we need to recognize and celebrate. The story uh, is true. Uh, this article says Joshua Bell was playing incognito in the metro station. It was organized by the Washington Post as part of a social experiment about perception, taste, and people's priorities. The questions raised, in a commonplace environment at an inappropriate hour, do we perceive beauty? Do we stop to appreciate it? Do we recognize talent in an unexpected context? Do we give thanks? That was my question. So let's try to recognize some places. Maybe you would join me in the journey. Those first two verses, 12 and 13, are about leadership in the church. Those who labor among you, over you in the Lord, to admonish you, to esteem them uh, in the Lord and admonish you. So let's give thanks. And by the way, we're small enough here. You want to shout out anything that you're thankful for? Be my guest. It might help me along a little bit too. Uh, where do we start at Chattanooga Valley Presbyterian Church? God has graciously brought our pastor. Uh, he was here, what, a week? And then COVID came. So uh, interpersonal relationships were like really good, really strong. And yet the guy, I mean, our pastor, he perseveres and loves you in the best ways that he possibly can. And there is a love 
back and return. If I get stuck on any of these, we're really going to be here for a long time. So I'm going to try to do a lot of flying through. But these are just things. I sat down uh, Friday, some with the family, and, and just started doing a mind dump about Chattanooga Valley Presbyterian Church, things that we could be thankful for that maybe we're not always thankful for. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, okay, then what do we do with it? Uh, Marsha, who, who works in, what do you call, is that like an annex or is that the White House or what? Any of those work? The building next door, okay. The office, the office building, okay. And she's over there. And uh, I mean, even, even to get together uh, Sunday's, uh, today's service, uh, she was up late and doing things and being able, you, you just, thank you. Elders and deacons who serve, elders who, who love and care and shepherd people in this place in incredible ways. Um, now, your people, you are easy to love as a congregation, so their job is pretty easy. We give thanks for them. Uh, deacons uh, who reach into the lives of uh, Chattanooga Valley uh, Presbyterian Church uh, members and families in order to help. They reach out into the community. Uh, elders and deacons together went and, and pastor went through this whole transition time to esteem them, to thank them. Uh, youth leaders and children uh, leaders and those who serve in the nursery and women's leadership and music that is usually led by Scott. And thank you. You, you got... You got people in on deck circles that you can just call on, and it's just wonderful to give thanks. Because, you know, anyway, you know, there's churches that don't have piano players. How do they do that? I don't know, but they do. Um, so that has to do with all with the, with the way of leadership within the church that we would give thanks for. Um, within the church itself, uh, people who take, have taken, even in this year, have taken membership vows and profession of faiths and baptisms that we thank God. A Christian education that is finding its way during these times. Uh, those who who serve one another in, in secret, openly, the giving of your tithes and offerings. You have um, the ways that, that uh, we share Christ around here. Uh, you've done Easter hunts and fall festivals and relationship with the, the, the Chattanooga Valley School. You've got to thank God for these things, don't you? Food to other people, meals to teachers, to, to uh, uh, assist with the lives of people at Villaway, to, to be able to pray together and offer prayers in a place around here where the word of God is honored and lifted up and prayers are given. You have community groups, and I always get stumbled on. Every church calls them different. I, I think... Growth groups? Is that what? Growth groups. Um, you get one anothering. Think about the brothers and sisters in Christ that God has given to you that have helped you through, and you've been able to help them. You do this house-to-house -house part where you eat. Around here, parking lot has been fixed, and a ramp, and floors, and the annex has been worked on. And people, I don't know who it is, but I know somebody cleans between worship services and during the week. you got to thank people. Things that come across your uh, social media that have been good. Emails you've received, text, texting, that's about as far as I go. I think there's like Instagram and I, I'm way behind on that stuff. But anyway, any calls, handwritten notes. Wow, what a treasure uh, in, in this day. Things that you've, what do we give thanks to God for? These are places, I know the verses talk about uh, admonishing the idol, but then it says, how do we encourage the faint-hearted? 
help the weak. Be patient with them all. To give thanks for these things. We can line up afterwards and greet one another with a holy kiss, the Bible says. Family time, school at home time. Well, that may not be on your thankful list. I don't know. For some of you, maybe. Uh, God is incredibly good. Isn't it great to be a Christian in our world today? Lord, who else are we going to go to? Only you have the words of eternal life, Peter says. It's only you. It's only your way. I know we get down in the dumps and things are bad. I know. What a world we live in. We have justice issues and social unrest and political chaos and COVID and sickness and death and people are alone and broken and there's addictions and sin going on all over. But your pastor says, these two weeks, we're going to devote ourselves to thinking about giving thanks. We're Christians. Again, Brad just seeded it so, so well. Uh, God's the one who's in control. So let's try to think a little bit more about Thanksgiving. I have a few, uh, few more thoughts. And um, I, I think Thanksgiving itself uh, prompts in us a spirit of humility that we can't do things on our own, a genuine gratitude to God for you know, his care, his mercy, his love, his grace, his kindness, his lordship, his protection, his abundance. To be able to thank God and praise God for it all. So I've, I've got a list of, um, I don't know what I have, eight or nine things that I've thought of. Now, some of you may say, uh, this is where I can get into trouble. Because some of you may say, well, John, that's not in the text. How in the world are you thinking about is just sort of my heart in the midst of thanksgiving and um okay i'll, I'll start i'll start from uh, from this vantage point i was i was going to get to and I, I i go to the um men's bible study on saturday morning seven o'clock in the morning uh that's a test for me uh, to be up and there at seven o'clock not a huge one but it is uh i love that group So here's Joe Moore teaching from the book of Joel, the prophet Joel. And he talks about how it is that when we don't know what's going on and what we need to do, God is always our defender. He is there as our defender. And then he had, he, he talked about that in such a way and wanted, uh, he's good at asking questions and getting us talking and there were stories that were shared just in an hour. Hearts that started beating fast and spirits that were lifted up. And I think God was praised and glorified just in our little 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Here's some of the questions. He had three questions. He said, speak briefly of something the Spirit does in us. And if you can, tell us what scripture that work is based upon. And now there's a dozen of us. There's, uh, what, six of us that were in the gym and maybe six uh, online. And a couple of stories were shared. 
And then there's a second question. How and where in the day-to-day -day life have you seen God's work in other people? And his stories are, it's, it's, it's a way of, of sharing and giving thanks, I think. Maybe it was just because it was on my mind and I had something to do with on Sunday morning. But you hear stories and something, as, as thanksgiving is given to God, as praise is being given to God, something happens inside of you. His third question was, how and where in day-to-day -day life have you seen God's spirit at work in you? And, Sherry, and stories were started. And uh, I figure any time that you can get men talking, that's probably a win for somebody. Uh, it doesn't always happen, and they're a pretty quiet lunch, just saying. Um, Paul's commands are to rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. So I've got a few uh, uh, written down here, and maybe you would just reflect with me for a few minutes on them, and then um, I'd like to reflect a little bit on Psalm 100 as well. We'll see if we get there. Uh, number one, thanksgiving revives or builds your hope in the Lord. Or because we give thanks, there is a way in which the Lord builds hope into us. Our souls kind of get refreshed. I can do this. I can stay in the game. I can follow Christ. Both in my own thanksgiving as it reverberates in my own spirit, if you will. There's a little deal going on here with spirit, soul, and body, but at least within my spirit, of this giving of thanks. And as I give thanks, instead of getting all that negativity stuff going on in my head, as I'm able to swing that in a different direction and give thanks to God, then hope for my day, hope for my life begins to soar. When I hear other people give thanks to God for what he has done in their lives, I say, oh, man, God really is at work, and it kind of revives or renews, builds up hope within my own spirit. So you might just put hope, uh, or just make a mental note, because that's what we do. Anyway, number two, thanksgiving encourages others. Uh, Proverbs 12.25, a good word makes a person glad. A kind word cheers up a person, or an encouraging word cheers up a person. Um, that's what happened, again, uh, yesterday morning, that as people are able to give thanksgiving, it encourages you to keep on with what God does in your life. Um, I often think of the way of refreshing my soul. Uh, I've been a Christ follower for a relatively long time, but sometimes I can get stale. And when I can reflect on the things that God has done or other people are doing that and verbalizing that or I know about it, I just want to, I want to stay a Christian. I want to follow Christ with every fiber of my being. So it encourages us all. Third, Thanksgiving makes me a more gracious person. 
This I get from Deuteronomy 8, chapter 17 and 18. And it pretty much is saying that, you know, you Israelites, you came out of the wilderness. God was with you all, every step of the way. He provided for you. And now you got prosperity going. You got wealth going. You got health going. He, uh, Deuteronomy 8 pretty much says, whoa, be very careful on this one. Because it wasn't by your strength, it wasn't because you're smart that you are able to be in this position in life. I mean, think about it. In America, 2020, all the things that you have that our world out there, by and large, whatever it is, seven and a half billion people do not have and you have. Sometimes I think, well, how hard can this be? But understand that we have those only because God has been so gracious in order to entrust those to us as gifts. And then what are we going to do? So we can thank God for the things that we have as thanksgiving goes to the Lord. Praise goes to heaven because of what the Lord he has done. Has done. So as God has been so gracious to me in giving me uh, not only uh, life in Christ, but all those things attached unto it. How could I not give thanksgiving? And as I give thanksgiving, I want to be gracious. It just humbles me when I think about it right. It humbles me. And I want to be a gracious person towards other people. I can live in a world pretty much that if the world would just follow me, we'd do all right. You know? If Ruth would just kind of get on board with my ideas... We'd have a much sweeter life. That is so untrue. I want to be gracious towards other people because of all that God has given to me, maybe to us. Maybe as a culture. Maybe as a church. Thanksgiving uh, number four. I don't know if you're taking notes. You don't have to. I hope you get the idea and you go forth from here with something. Thanksgiving reflects God's glory. We say around here, we will do things by God's grace for, come on, CVPC people, help me now, uh, for God's glory. So everything that we want to do in our lives in giving thanks will bring glory to God. We want to see his goodness. Um, uh, Moses, Lord, would you show me your glory? And the Lord allows his goodness to pass by Moses. Here's the glory of God, that the attributes of God would be that, that are poured into Christ are poured into his people, and we could become people for God's glory about goodness and mercy and grace and faithfulness and protection and love and justice. These things that are true about God would be true about us, and we reflect his glory as we are able to give thanks to him for what he has done. Number five, thanksgiving giving deepens my contentment or my satisfaction in life. As I give thanks to God, as, as I'm able to take time and give thanks to God before God and unto God, I'm, th I'm thinking about this one because we have a way of saying, well, let's just be, give, let's just be thankful people. Okay, well, that's okay. Um, let's just give thanks. Like there's a, I don't know, an atmosphere out there that we just kind of give thanks to. You know, if you don't believe in God and there's a beautiful sunset, what, what do you do? Well, let's just give thanks. Where? To whom? So I think this, what I'm trying to get to in, in, in this is that it, 
as I give thanks to God, there's a way in which there's a, a satisfaction in my life for all things, or maybe a contentment, if you will, that in that sense, then, God is lifted up. He is the almighty king of all, and he has got it together, and I don't, and I don't have to. So give thanks. All is okay in the world. My life is okay, and it's full. We give thanks as individuals, as families, church. We'll do it around a communion table. Interesting that Eucharist is what sometimes the Lord's Supper is called, and uh, that's the word that we get thanksgiving from. Um, all right. Here's one that I that I think is is true. Uh, actually, I just made a, a a quick invite this morning to a, to a friend. Come on out to church. He hasn't been to church in too long. Send him a little invite. Maybe he'll show up at eleven. Uh, you know, as we give thanks. And we recognize the things that God does in us, through us, for us. It isn't, it, doesn't our heart, don't our hearts beat fast that we want Billy to know it or Sally to know it or people that are in our lives? I just wish they knew what happens when we are able to be Christ followers and understand and see and thank God for the things that go on in our lives. So the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, I wish they knew it. I wish they, they're, they're living lives that are just, they're in carnage. I just wish they knew Christ. And they can give thanks. So I want to be an inviter. Maybe, maybe there's a way that I would just start praying that, you know, this Christmas, I don't know what's going to go on with COVID, but I want George to be here. Christmas. I want him to be here. I'm going to start praying and give thanks for George and see if he'll come. Uh, the last one is has to do with the, the final verses, and that is that I think as we give thanks, we become more holy people. We become more sanctified. We become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. If I'm going to feed just into my negativity and my downness and constantly, oh, man. I don't know what you do with the news. Uh, I stop watching sports for the most part. I cheat sometimes. Uh, I stop watching news. I feel better. I remember during the economic downturn in 08 or whatever that was, and Dave Ramsey, is that the finance guy? He said, if you're worried about your finances, turn your computer off. Things will be, look a lot better. Anyway, um, as we, but it's not just stopping something. It's not just, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to listen to that stuff. We must fill our lives with stuff that's from God. And I think that's what Thanksgiving does, is I'm, is I'm able to do it. How am I going to do that? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, come back at 11. Maybe we'll get to Psalm 100. Because um, I've got a close-up shop here. Um, 
here, here's what I'm thinking about in, in how, do I, how do I do that? Because we're, I think we're different. Um, sometimes worship styles are different. You know, some of us, you don't move anything in worship. You are to sit there. Sing appropriately. Maybe smile is okay. There are others who say, man, I got to get one hand up anyway. There's others who say, oh, man, I'm really, I mean, I'm really into it. I got two hands up. All these different styles and personalities. And what, and what I mean by this is I, I've changed my little, I call it my sanctuary. My, my sanctuary where I spend time with God has changed. It's in the little corner of the dining room now because our house has been changed. But I love that spot. I look out the windows and I get my little Bible out and my little daily reading and I spend some time there and uh, I reflect with God in that that's my place. That's my place that I give thanks. Um, I sit in a chair. Maybe you want to get down on your knees. Maybe you want to stand up. Maybe you, maybe, maybe you want to praise God by going and taking a walk and just letting it go. And, oh, thank you, God, for everything. Maybe you're, maybe you're really quiet. And God, you know, I really thank you for things that you're doing in my life. Maybe you're a journaler. Maybe you like to write things down. You got a little notebook. Here's 2007. Here's all the things God did. You can go back 20 years probably and get all your journals out and say, here's all the Others of you don't like to write at all. Maybe you don't even like to read. And I'm, what I'm trying to say is, let's just give thanks somehow. Your best way of expression. We're to do it in all circumstances, and I'm not sure how all that works out. I think that in all circumstances, when something terrible happens, from our vantage point, when something terrible happens, we have to trust. I think that's part of Thanksgiving. Um, we, we just trust that God knows what he's doing. Uh, I, th I think we, we would find some things that in, maybe in the midst of all the horror that's going on, there are some things that I can be for which I can be thankful, even in the midst of those. I don't think God slams us and say, okay, you better give thanks in all circumstances. I think, it's an, I think it's an invitation. Come on. You can rejoice always. You can pray continually. You can come along here and give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because of the riches. Let me make the sentence right. Because of the this is the will of God in Christ Jesus and because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ as he is with you. And that's how I'm going to end too. As we would come to the Lord's Supper, just to make a little transition, understand in the sacrament, we believe that Christ is present here with us and at least in our spirit, we are on our knees before him, so thankful, ever so thankful for the richness of life in him, for the richness of being able to live with him as he lives in us by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I, what I invite you to during this time of the Lord's Supper is thankfulness. Thankfulness. That for the grace and mercy that God has extended to you uh, through Christ. If I come down here, do I have to put a mask on or am I okay? <laughs>
I'm okay? Nobody said, no, 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 no.